0: Hi, and welcome to Sisters Love Podcast. My name is Shelly. And my name is Shannon. We are sisters and we talk about what we love to watch, love to learn, love to love, love to read. Well, you get the idea. we're going to talk about quarantine survival.
1: I think it's fair to say that for almost all of us, quarantine 2020 has gone on significantly longer than we expected. I can't speak for you, but I have had a roller coaster of emotions. I've had good days. I've had terrible days. And sometimes that's the same day. I spend probably more time on Twitter than I should for my mental health, but occasionally you run across people who tweet things that really articulate the way you're feeling, but more eloquently than perhaps you would articulate it yourself. And I saw a tweet that said, am I going to eat my feelings today or spend them? And I have to admit that I felt very seen. have you been holding up?
0: I've been okay. I'm a classic introvert with an already limited social life, so the adjustment to the stay at home portion of quarantine was pretty seamless for me. As I like to say, I've been training for this my whole life. But the emotional ramifications of dealing with the reasons for quarantine and subsequent dumpster fire, so many things have become, including literal fires everywhere, have been a struggle. My heart has been broken so many times for so many reasons this year. It has been hard not to lose hope that it will get better. But so far, I have managed to learn when necessary, focus my attention where it matters, and find the positive where I can, even if it's just a sliver. I know we are all doing what we can to survive emotionally through 2020 and life in general. You're
1: right. This has been really difficult for a lot of different reasons, not just COVID. And I think there are good. we all have good days and bad days. For those of you in other states, Texas locked down in mid-March. My last day in the office was March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And I've been working from home ever since.
0: What about you? When did you start working from home? My last day in the office was March 17th as well. Going to work in my living room has been quite productive. And I've been thankful I found a new routine in my day-to-day. I mentioned before I try to find the positive in situations when I'm able, and one of the takeaways I have personally from working from home is the balance of my regular life duties, like laundry and cooking, while also working at least my regular hours during the day, though it's usually more. I don't mind it, though, since I can throw on a load of laundry whenever I think about it, and I don't have to pre-prepare meals for lunch. If I'm hungry, I can just go to the kitchen and fix something. That has been really nice. So I recognize and appreciate the struggle others may be facing. I have been able to adapt easily because I'm single. I don't have children and I live alone. But I know that's not the case for everyone.
1: I think you're onto something really profound in regards to the work-life balance. I don't work any less than I used to. But now instead of a 45 minute to an hour commute one way after work, I turn my chair around and I'm already home. And that has really been a blessing in so many ways and has enabled me to slow down and think a lot about how I spend my time and, and what I do with the little free time that I typically have when we are living in non-pandemic times. But we can't talk about working from home and work-life balance without recognizing some of the true heroes of this pandemic and frankly non-pandemic times. And those are the healthcare workers and essential workers. These people go to work every day to take care of us so that we can stay home.
0: Absolutely, our doctors, nurses, grocery store workers, trash collectors, delivery drivers. I think we appreciate these people more than we ever have. And they absolutely should
1: be. We are so incredibly grateful to all these people. Prior to quarantine 2020, Paul and I ate out a lot. We'd often get home too late to cook. We'd both be super unmotivated. And frankly, you know how much I love a good meal out. We missed eating out a lot, even though we cooked quite a bit at the beginning of quarantine. But about a month in, I was pretty sick of it. And so as soon as places started offering takeout, we jumped all over that and In some cases in Austin, there are places that offer takeout, even still, that have never offered takeout before. So that was very exciting. I also think that it's super important, if you have the ability to do so, that you should support the restaurants you love. There have been so much publicity lately about how the restaurant industry is struggling, even as they're able to open now, but they're able to open at 50% capacity at best And a lot of people are staying away even to places that are open. And so I think if we want the places that we care about to be around when the quarantine is over, we ought to put some of our money, if we have it available, into taking out from the places
0: we care about. I agree 100%. I've been trying to keep my money local and with small business as much as I can. About 95% of the time, if I went to dinner, I went with you and Paul. So that's not something I miss a lot. However, you guys were generous enough to include me in some of your takeout dinners. One of our favorite restaurants, Commodore, developed the delivery service Assembly Kitchen to provide takeout meals, and it is amazingly delicious. It is awesome how so many restaurants have been able to pivot to a curbside and takeout model during this unprecedented time. One of the benefits in Texas is the allowance of to-go alcohol under the program Texas Booze To-Go. I rarely drink anymore, and even then, only a glass of wine. But I know you and Paul have thoroughly enjoyed this service. It's like a little
1: bit of New Orleans here in Texas, only you're not allowed to walk around with the cup in the street. But we have gotten good at making our own cocktails, and to that end, I subscribed to Shaker and Spoon. It's a subscription service that's online. And while they don't send you the alcohol, they send you all the ingredients to make typically four servings of three different drinks. And it's usually based on a theme. They'll have a tequila box.
0: This month's box is a
1: Japanese whiskey. And it's been a
0: lot of fun to try new things. Yeah, you and Paul had drinks the last time I was over for dinner. I think they were like rosemary and grapefruit. Was that from Shaker and Spoon?
1: That actually was from a partner with Commodore in the Assembly Kitchen delivery garage. Garage is what a bar that we like a lot in downtown Austin. And as when bars had to close, garage became part of Assembly Kitchen where you could get drinks delivered to your home, sort of as part of the Texas Booze to Go program. It was very cool. And the, those drinks are amazing. Also, Commodore is actually shipping nationwide. And so there are different things that you can get, even if you're not in Austin. That's awesome. I didn't realize they ship nationwide. They set up a kitchen next door, a commercial kitchen next door to the restaurant in order to be able to create the meals that they ship out. There are so many good dishes for you guys to try.
0: Grab the bone marrow tacos while you can, my friends. Yep, definitely our favorite on the menu. What about cooking? I know that you've been trying new recipes like crazy. Oh yes, you know I love to comfort bake and I've been trying a lot of new yummy recipes. I will include links to the recipes I used and pictures when available in the episode notes on our website. A fair disclaimer, I am grain and sugar free, but I do think these recipes are objectively delicious. Even our friend who loves all the carbs has given his stample approval on everything he has tried. You kill it in the baking department.
1: You really do. And it's really helped me kick sugar too, because for the longest time, I always felt like I was missing something. And now thanks to a lot of the things you've been baking, I don't feel deprived. We like to joke in our house that Shelly creates the Olympics of desserts, bronze, silver, and gold. One is a keto version of a Samoa bar. One is the keto version of a Twix bar. And really, the gold medal every time, let's be real, are turtles. I've always loved a turtle, and these are probably the best ones I've ever had and maybe one of my all-time favorite desserts.
0: It's crazy that there's no sugar in them. Yep, I know those are your favorites. I've also made bread for sandwiches, pistachio shortbread cookies, orange creamsicle ice cream popsicles, hazelnut and chocolate sandwich cookies, coconut flour, everything bagels, and of course, Dalgona coffee, among many others. It has been very enjoyable, especially when I am able to share that with you and Paul. It's very
1: enjoyable for us too. (laughs) Seriously, I can't tell you how fortunate we feel to be the beneficiaries of your culinary experiments. Like all things COVID though, I've been up and down on the cooking. I was doing so well at the beginning bought an air fryer traded that one in got a fancier air fryer and then just basically stopped cooking altogether rinse repeat one constant though in my diet cheese at one point early on in the pandemic i bought so much
0: cheese that paul took a picture and sent it to you that picture will also be on our website for your viewing pleasure I have purchased copious amounts of cheese as well, but it has been left undocumented. I recommend
1: that so you can avoid blackmail at a future date. Speaking of cheese, one of our favorite local shops, Antonelli's Cheese Shop, has moved to contactless pickup and online cheese classes. Good news to those of you outside of Austin, they also ship. They even have a cheese class in a box that you can order, and I highly recommend that you do so. We've done several of these online classes, and they're fantastic. They're so much fun, and the cheese is amazing. Remind me which one you went to with us.
0: Rogue Creamery. They produce cheddar cheeses and blue cheeses, including the 2019-2020 World Champion at the World Cheese Awards, Rogue River Blue. As described on their website, after 9 to 11 months of careful tending in our aging caves, Our team hand wraps each wheel in organic, biodynamic Syrah grape leaves that have been soaked in pear spirits. However awesome you think this cheese tastes, you're right. What I want to know is, how do I get to be a judge for the
1: World Cheese Awards?
0: Absolutely. Sign
1: me up. Another one of our favorite online classes with Antonelli's was a cheese pairing with ciders from Texas Keeper Cider. I already adored their cider, and I still dream of the pairings. I cannot stress enough how important it is to support your local shops as much as you're able. While I think it's fair to say that most of us have ordered from Amazon during this time, and trust me, I'm fairly sure our driver knows our names, spending your money in your community keeps shops open and keeps our neighbors employed.
0: We have some additional topics that we decided to do in a Q&A format. Shannon, why don't you start us off? Have you been binging any television? You know I have always been a binge watcher. It is my preferred method of consuming entertainment. So far, I have watched the first season of The Witcher twice, and I cannot wait for season two. I must admit, I never understood the hype with Henry Cavill until I saw The Witcher. Needless to say, I submit my formal apologies to Mr. Cavill, because damn. (laughs) Preach, girl. Preach. I have also watched all seasons of American Horror Story, except Cult and Apocalypse. I felt those two seasons perhaps would hit a little too close to home right now. I've also watched the entirety of The Office, which I had never seen before, along with countless movies. What about you? I
1: started Apocalypse sometime pre-COVID, and I have to say your assessment was right on. You do not want to watch that when you're in a negative frame of mind, and certainly not when you're worried about the state of the world.
0: Good to know I made the right call.
1: Yes, definitely save that one for post-pandemic times. We watched a little bit more than three seasons of Community and really enjoyed it. It's a very sweet show, but it has biting humor And it sounds strange to say those things go together, but they really do. Even though the show is seemingly about people who often behave in terrible ways, at the end of the day, it's about friendship. And I found that very affirming in what can be dark times. We also watched season one and two of the Umbrella Academy. I wasn't really interested in it for some reason. I think that I felt a little burned out on comic book adaptations. And for some strange reason, I thought it was a kid's show. It It's definitely not. And it's fantastic. I think it avoids a lot of the traps that shows and movies about time travel fall into a lot of times, where things start to obviously not make sense. It, it was very clever. The performances are great. We just really loved it.
0: Yeah, that's one that you've been telling me to watch.
1: You will like it a lot, I think. Zoom get-togethers. Still good? Totally sick of them? Or somewhere in between?
0: Personally, I'm still a fan. I find the flexibility it gives to stay in touch when you can't physically stay in touch really beneficial. Though my opinion is probably driven significantly by the fact that I haven't done them a lot in comparison with other people, like you and Paul.
1: Overall, I still really like them too. I think one thing I've learned is that I don't know why I wasn't doing those kinds of things with people that lived in other states, for example, all along. It's so nice to see their face. And it isn't as though we'd ever have a hour and a half phone call with someone. That would just be unheard of and completely bizarre. So it's really nice to see people that you don't get to see but maybe once a year to spend
0: some time with them. That part has really been delightful. I agree. It's odd that we didn't think about that before, but I'm so glad we have it now and we figured it out.
1: We also have meetings online for my work. And today for the first time, I had a traditional conference call and people were talking over each other. It could be hard to hear. And you don't get that when you're in a video meeting with people. You get to see people and interact with people. I'd say it's, it's not the same as the synergy you get in the room, being in the same room with someone always, but it's the next best thing. So yes, generally speaking, I'm a fan.
0: Our next question is, what do we miss the most? Wow, that's a tough question. I would say
1: people. While I'm glad I've slowed down a bit, I think I used to overschedule myself and have really had no one to blame but me. I think Paul would agree. Even when I see people, we've had people in the backyard, for example, and they sat six feet away. I miss being able to see and be close to the people that I care about. We had to miss our own mother's 80th birthday celebration. And while we had a very fun Zoom, I think it's just not the same. I wanted to put my arms around her and give her a hug. So that I missed a lot. And I've also missed socializing in the world restaurants bars places you could meet friends or just go and have a quiet moment to kind of get away from it all now i'm grateful that we have a backyard because that's generally speaking how i consider getting away from it all what about
0: you what do you miss the most like i said i've never been that social so i don't miss that aspect that much But I do miss the people aspect. Like it really was a bummer not being able to go down to see mom for her birthday and just see people in general like you and Paul um, it used to be really weird if we didn't see each other at least once a week and we're not able to do it that often anymore. But I think honestly, what I miss the most is the like ease of running an errand Um, like you know, you forget something at the store, and you can just run out and get it. And it used to be something that we didn't even think about. We we did just as a part, like of our day, in between like the quote important things. But that has become more of a production now, and I think we miss how easy that used to be.
1: I think we definitely took that for granted. I went to Walgreens last night. I had to pick up a few things, and. It's almost comical how I put the mask, and then I make sure not to touch anything, and I open doors with my shirt, and the minute I get to my car, I use the hand sanitizer. And in the scheme of life, are those burdens upon me? They aren't. But it's just, I have to make a conscious effort to do things that were just part of the day-to-day before. Well, on the flip side, what have been some of your favorite things about the pandemic? It hasn't been all bad,
0: right? Definitely not. I mean, honestly, I really do love being at home. Um, I went through a definite puzzle phase early in quarantine, as I think many people did. Um, I've also loved the extra time for cooking and baking and, of course, snuggling my cat Lily.
1: I think pets all over the world will go into shock when people go back to work in offices because my dogs are spoiled rotten. And that is just the way that they should be.
0: Definitely the precious babies. I feel like um, every house pet in America felt like they won the lottery when quarantine happened. It's the only um, purely positive side there has been. But I love getting to see
1: other people's pets and their kids on video and video meetings. And everyone has developed a kindness I think for the most part that they recognize that people can't always control when their dogs bark at the mailman. I resemble that remark. Or their child pops in the screen and all of those things are okay and we can still all be productive workers in spite of the occasional home distraction.
0: I agree 100%.
1: A couple of things for me that I've enjoyed. Well, first, I've really taken my pace down. As I mentioned earlier, I tended to overschedule myself. And I had no one to blame but me. And I've realized how I do like some downtime. And I, when things go back to quote unquote normal, I'm going to maintain that downtime no matter what. But also a couple of fun things that have happened. I realize that not everyone is fortunate enough to have a backyard. But if you do have one, I can't recommend highly enough when the weather gets a little bit warmer again. Getting a kiddie pool. We will continue to use our kiddie pool long after pandemic times, because it's a blast and it makes me feel like I'm about 12 years old. We've had cocktails in the kiddie pool. We've had friends come over for social distancing and sit on one end. It's very long and narrow, and it's just been a delight. Probably the biggest surprise, though, is my newfound love of plants. People that know me will find this shocking because Prior to the pandemic, it seemed there never was a plant that I couldn't kill. It it upset me, but it just seemed like a fact of life. Therefore, it was easier to have our home barren of all greenery. Well, now I've become obsessed with plants, particularly succulents, and Paul has threatened so either he's going to have to move out or we're going to have to buy a bigger house if I keep this obsession up because we really don't have any more room. I think I'm up to about 12 live plants at this point and about six artificial ones. And the only reason for the artificial ones is that they're in places that do not lend themselves to a plant thriving. But it's really been a lot of fun. And I found sort of peace and enjoyment in tending to something that's living.
0: As someone who has never been able to keep anything alive ever, your new status as plant mom has definitely inspired me. I believe that one day I just might have an herb garden that will live. If I can do it, trust
1: me, anyone can do it.
0: While most of this podcast discussion has been on a lighter note, We cannot overstate how much we appreciate how challenging and depressing and tragic this year has been for so many people, so please take care of each other and yourselves. If you can, reach out to a friend or a family member that you haven't heard from in a while. You will never regret sending that text, mailing that card, or making that call. I live alone and I have a long significant history with depression. Shannon, along with friends, have made a point to check on me from time to time. Even though I didn't always feel like it was needed, I admit it probably made more of a difference than I realize. If you or someone you love is thinking about harming themselves, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. We will have this number along with additional resources for current issues, how you can help, and links to the shops we discussed in the episode notes on our website, SistersLovePodcast.com Over the next three weeks we will be embracing spooky season with episodes on vampire movies, haunted house stories, and vampire books and short stories. A sample of what we will be covering in case you would like to catch up before we discuss are Fledgling by Octavia Butler, the original Swedish movie version of Let the Right One In, and the book Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. So please join us next week for our first installment, Vampire Movies. We love
1: suggestions, so don't hesitate to let us know if you have ideas for future episodes. Email us at contact at If you're enjoying our podcast, please do us a huge favor and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps people find a show. The Sisters Love Podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode was written, edited, and produced by Shelley Clark and Shannon Kelly. That's That's us. us. Music by Sean Mullins. We can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then, keep finding things you love, especially each other.